We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast with my man Stevie Wonder. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my co-host. T.O. is in the building. It's your other patch. We got a special, special reunion episode for you today. Virtual Zoom coming up in this piece. Um, Your people, right? Your uh, your old Garnett and Gold teammates is coming to to the stage today, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to seeing J.J., Jerry. Uh, haven't seen those guys in a while. Um, yeah. Have run into JJ. You know he's in the coaching now. He coached actually he coached my son uh, mm-hmm. at Bishop O'Dowd for a year or so, and then yeah. I'm running to running to Jerry every now and then. I'm pretty sure we're interrupting his schedule. I'm pretty sure he's probably just coming <laughs> from the golf course, or he's about to go to go to the golf one course. of the two. I guarantee. I guarantee. One or two. Well, I'm looking forward to it so I can finally put the rest and let you guys know you're the second best wide receiver core ever in NFL history. Seems hard. 98 Vikings squad is number one. Now, after listening to this whole podcast, I'm sure everybody else will understand that we were the number one wide receiving core of all time. Coming on to the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. You can find us on the Himalaya app, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and and, and I guarantee you, I'm guaranteeing right now, JR is going to have something to say about that. <laughs> so everybody, well, you should. <laughs> no further ado, get your popcorn ready. Cause it's about to go down. That's Welcome America. to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast, the virtual show today. It's your boy Hat from my host. What's up? This your man T.O. right here. What's happening? Get your popcorn ready. I keep mine ready. Yeah, we got some special guests today. We got the legend Hall of Famer Jerry Rice is on the show today. Welcome, Jerry, my man, JR, baby. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Keo, you got to share that popcorn, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yo, get ready. Get ready because it's going to be shared today. And All right. Speaking I like of sharing, and, and speaking of sharing, we're sharing this show also with my guy, JJ. Stokes is in it's the building. In the building. What's up, hey, y'all, man? Hey, it's so reunited, Stokes. man. This feels so, good, man. So hey, just so crazy. Jr. and Jerry know the the reason and the you know um, the backstory behind this because I always call our '98 Vikings receiver core the number one receiver core of all time. 
So I'm letting you guys come on and tell us why you guys think you're number two wide receiving core of all time. You know what? You don't start like that. Yeah, but yeah, I know, I know. It's it's real crazy for you guys to kind of just process. So while I'm, let me speak while y'all process what he just said, because <laughs> I know that's a lot to process right now. Jerry, look at Jerry shaking his head. I get it. I get it. Hey, so and like you said, this is that, this is the backstory. But yeah, we've had this conversation. A number of times we've had guests on, and we've talked about some of some of the greatest athletes that have played, you know, uh, you know, in our sport today, whether it's basketball, baseball, but in particular, we're talking about football today. So, you know, I've always said, you know, because everybody talks about basketball and referencing the big three. Every team has a big three now, so I always, I've always said, I'm like, man, that's crazy. I'm like, we were sort of like the first big three before there was ever a big three. So when you think about Jerry, JJ, they was you guys were with the Niners before I came on. And then when I came on, it was like, okay, when we can get T.O., well, I wasn't T.O. then. When we get Terrell to develop and become what we think he can, that's going to be a three-headed monster. So that's how I knew at that point in time we were really ideally considered the big three before there was ever a big three. So to discount what he just said, <laughs> about him being a big three. Nobody, I guarantee you, y'all didn't even know who he was until y'all came on this show today. And then it was like, man, okay, T.O. got a popcorn, got a podcast, and it's like, who is he with? So now that I've said all of that and y'all had time to digest this ridiculous question of us being really number two behind the bucket, first of all, he's not, well, even, he's not even included in the equation. Go ahead, JJ. Let me, can okay. I just let me, can I say something before Jerry? You fro- you froze on us, JJ. Start over. JJ, 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 JJ out there with that bad. Okay, bad I'll go. It's not even a competition. What are you talking about, Hatch? Hatch, you know me from Jacksonville. We played together out there, bro. It, you you should have brought this up then. I would have just spelled all that right then, bro. <laughs> hey, JJ, you froze for probably like about 30, 40 seconds, so we didn't hear none of that you said. <laughs> Beginning to what you said, JJ. Oh, I, I said, Hatch, come on, man. We got the best receivers in the game. Hey. Yo, they are? Man, just stop right there. Look, look, stop right look. there. What you going to do? You, you know, certain things, guys, I'm not even going to stoop to this. You know what I'm saying? I know we had the best receiving core. You just look at the numbers. That's all you got to do. Look at the and that that's pretty much, you know, that the debate is over. Okay. I feel insulted a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I should get off this phone. I don't know what is going on, man. I, I want to use some curse words, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, those two guys, J.J. Stokes and Terrell Owens, they're goats, man. They're the greatest of all time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The 49ers, what we were able to accomplish. I can't believe you even went there. <laughs> All right, well, let, well, JR, let me ask you this then. Since you guys were so good, why didn't you guys never beat us? You guys never beat us. And in 99, when oh, you guys came everything the ball, on that, that's the only <laughs> thing that you have? Well, I mean, we have, we also have Hall of Fame rings and we also have numbers. We also have catches. So I'm just trying to say when we went head to head, because again, our whole week prep- preparing for the 49ers 
Randy and Chris would always like, yo, JR is going to be watching, right? T.O. going to be watching, J.J. watching. We know that they think they're the best. We got to go out and prove ourselves this week more than any other week. So that was our motivation anytime we played the 49ers, right? And so when we came out, we always played well. You guys didn't play so great against us. That's all I'm saying. That's why I put us number one. Well, you know, since since this is you part of this podcast, I'm 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 gonna let you uh, wear the crown today, okay? Yeah, I'll let you wear the crown today. But you know, to hey, to, we know that deep down inside, we had the best receiving core because when these two young bucks came in, they pushed me to a whole different level, man. Because I knew they wanted to get on that football field, yeah. and uh, you know, it was competition every day. It was so going when, down in practice. So when J.J. came in 95, he was the 10th pick, right? And again, like the draft we just saw a couple weeks ago, all the media thinks that when um, the veterans see a, a, a high pick like that, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm panicking. You're not panicking. You just know you're going to work harder, right? Well, that's basically it because, you know, we, we made it more of a competition thing. You know, right. when I first came in, uh, they had Dwight Clark, they had Freddie Solomon. Those guys knew that I was coming in for a reason, but, you know, uh, they were going to uh, really pass that knowledge on to me where I could go on the football field and excel. And I tried to do the same thing with J.J. and also Terrell. And, you know, Terrell was Terrell. Then he became T.O. Boy, when he became T.O., man, he was... <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what was the game? What was the game when Terrell became T.O.? Or what was the week? He took it to a whole oh, different man. level. <laughs> because but first of all, you know, Terrell would walk around the locker room. Terrell had like a six to eight pack. And I'm like, damn, I work out hard like hell. And I can't get a, a six pack or an eight pack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These two guys, you know, six four, six five, you know, weighing like what? maybe 215, 225 that could yep. run, that could do everything. I said, damn, you know, I, I just want to be like those guys. So I was working extra hard just to, uh, you know, try to be better. Yeah. So and I, let, I, me say I remember, let me say something real quick, Patch. Yeah, so, I'm, bringing to, I'm bringing it to you, JJ, because I remember JJ also had the six-pack because at UCLA, he was the one that wore his jersey up, and he got all the other players across the nation to start wearing their jersey up when JJ did it. Hey, that's when I was skinny, bro. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hey, let me just say this. When I got there, uh, they had just won the Super Bowl. Uh, they had John Taylor and Jr. and uh, Nate. And, uh, man, just to see practice go was an amazement for me. And as in when I came in, I, I thought I was just going to fit right in. Of course, I had to, had to learn to practice the right way because they did everything a certain way. But then the following year, T.O. comes in, same size, faster. Uh, bigger, stronger, and it was just, it was like, man, this is getting ready to go down. I got hurt. So he comes in, and literally, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was back when, was it the Houston Oilers? And wow. I, was, I think that was the first game I missed. You caught an out, a, a comeback out, and took it to the zone. I was like, oh, it's going to be a great <laughs> year. And I'm sitting, I'm out for the year. I was like, whoo, it's going to be nice this year, because we, I think you, you got in a few plays, but I think as soon as I got hurt and it was like you were just on and, and Steve was feeding you and JR the Rock, I was like, oh, it's going to be a great year. I'm sitting here. I got my popcorn watching them play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, what? so what would JR, what was the competition like between 
JJ and T.O. once they were both healthy and coming into camp? Did you see well, we came, between them two? We came to battle every day. Uh, we all did. We all did. You know, we felt like uh, you had to earn it. Mm-hmm. That was the most important thing. So, you know, practice was like uh, pretty much a, a game situation. Uh, the tempo, uh, the execution, the attention to detail. And now you just had to transfer that onto uh, the football field that Sunday, that Monday, uh, you know, doing those uh, doing, doing those football games. But it was competition, man, and uh, we all wanted to outdo each other. That, that yeah. made us better in, in a sense because, you know, if T.O. made uh, an exceptional catch or something like that, then he, you know, he went for six or something like that. I wanted to do the same thing. Then J.J. wanted to do the same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a very uh, competitive uh, receiving court. Let me yeah, get in I, here real quick, a real quick okay. hatch. So when we're one-on-ones, I can, this is what I know. When mm-hmm. Jerry would kill the DB in one-on-one, he kicked those legs up and that hand come out, and he, and, and he didn't say anything, but it was like, I got you, right? <laughs> That's how I knew when Jerry got somebody one-on-one, and they would get mad on the other side, start chirping. Mm-hmm. I didn't really talk a lot. Jerry would just show up. T.O. would come out and mouth, oh, you think that? I'm about to come do this to watch what I do to him. That's, you know, T.O. going to tell you what he's going to do to you. T.O. come out and do it. And then Jerry get back up and do the same thing. I don't, I can't even explain it. Jerry had that one hand that come out like this yeah. when he finished yeah. the route with the ball down the field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jerry didn't even say nothing, but he's saying a lot by just doing that. Just to tick the DBs off in one on one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To To did most of the talking though. You're right about that, JJ. <laughs> well, that, you can set you can hey, set him up. <laughs> that that was the that that was the thing. Like once I once I got a feel for what I could do. Obviously, that was a lot that I had to learn coming in just as a rookie. So just to back up a little bit, when you know JJ was talking about you know obviously when he got hurt and obviously when I came in, I didn't really know how to play the position. I mean, I was playing it, but I didn't. I hadn't perfected anything. There was a lot of things to my game that I needed to learn. Especially like for me, it was it was bump and run because I I struggled with that early on. But I had to stay after practice every day. Y'all know Larry Kirksey. Every day he had me doing something different after every practice in order to kind of catch up with you guys. Because like I said, JJ, you play you played at UCLA. You know, Jerry. I mean, he's he. They call. I mean, he has the nickname all, World. He's all yep. world. So that was really not anything, you know, for him to be taught. But he was still, again, he was still bettering himself every day. So I had to witness this on an everyday basis, especially coming in as a rookie. So there were little things to my game that I had to had to be brought up to speed. And once I started to learn those things and excel, then that's when I started to become more and more confident. Sorry about that. Hold on. Yeah, that's when that's when I became. Uh, a lot more confident in my game. And so, yeah, the one on ones, the practice, that's when I talk the most. If you think about it, like, yeah, a lot of people see the see the sideline, you know, the the highlights, the sound bites. I never really actually talked during the game. I only I only did that stuff on the sidelines. But during practice, when it was really the atmosphere was really competitive. Everybody was kind of jawing at each other. When JJ talked about one-on-ones, the DBs were going, you know, every day they would come out and they would challenge us. So as JJ said, there were certain things about JR when I knew like it was on, like the competition, we didn't really have to say much, but we knew the competition straight out of one, going into one-on-ones, we knew our mindset had to kind of set the tempo and set the tone for the rest of practice. Like JJ said, 
there were certain routes that, J, that JR, JR ran, and it, once he caught the ball, it was just that swagger that as soon as he got yep. it or he ran the ball, okay, okay, this yeah. is it. This is about to be that day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. My, hey, my favorite, every, every route, there's, there's two routes that I'll mention that I know JJ ran that I, I, I kind of felt like, okay, this dude, he can run, really run this route. Like, mm-hmm. it's really nice. That for me, for JJ, that was a comeback. This dude could accelerate, drop his hip, and get out of get out of that route like no other. Yeah. For Jerry, it was the Colorado. Everybody, oh, yeah, he ran the, yeah. the hell out of a slant. <laughs> yeah. But when you talk about the Colorado route, <laughs> like that are watching a Colorado yeah. route is hey. slant, and, and you sell him on that slant, drop that weight, and what? you turn out and go, man, Jay. What, what are you talking you? about? Hey, I ran all those routes good. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I said, I know. That's what I'm saying. I said, for me, you okay, ran okay, every okay, route. Okay, I said, okay. for me, that was one of the routes. That, like, I was like, man, this dude right here is the real deal holy field. Yeah. Hey, just like, hey, just like doing the dance. It's, it's you know, running that Colorado route or whatever. But, hey, you know, T.O., you know, we came from a very small school, and you talking about, you know, JJ, UCLA. JJ yeah. probably took a pay cut to come to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? JJ was man, when you come from a major school like that, the benefits, all of that, you know, I had to wash my uniform, do everything. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, JJ, I had to hit you with that, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> And we, we've spoken on that every single episode as well, because, again, I went to Langston University, a small black college. You was Mississippi uh, Valley, right? Tito was Chattanooga. And, yeah, for JJ be at UCLA, our perception coming from small schools is like this kid or this player has it all. But when you get to the league, you realize, you know what, they are my competition. Like you said, I'm going to go compete with them. They, they have a little bit ahead of me. They got a head start, but I'm still going to come get them. You know, I, I've I talk to a lot of the kids now, and the thing that I tell them is is everybody's like, I need to go here, I need to do that. No, 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 no. If you got skills and yep. you are exceptional, they will find you. So I just tell right. them to keep working on what you do more. So and you guys are all examples of that. And, and so, uh, like I said, if you got the game and the skill behind it, they're gonna come get you. So I mean, no matter where we started at. I mean, and we, you guys all, we all in the same position, bro. Right. Yeah. I mean, I say the same thing. Like when you talk about what JJ is really trying to get across to these kids, you know, as far as their work habits, you know, I, when I speak to a lot of people now and it can apply not only to sports, JJ, I mean, uh, Hatch, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken about my three D's that's desire, dedication, and discipline. And that's, that I think when you think about where we all have gotten, that's that that's sort of like the blueprint for all of our levels of success. We've all had a desire to be the best that we could be. But then in order to get that level to that high level, and when I when I stepped on the scene, JR, JJ, they were they were my levels uh, of, of barometers of success. So in order to get to where they were at that time, I had to dedicate myself. And then there was a level of discipline. And I learned a lot of those things. The other two D's from JJ and Jerry. When you think about dedication and you think about discipline. Yeah, I think Teal, Teal also, man. But, I, you know, as a veteran, you know that clock is ticking. And I knew it was coming to an end for me. And, of course, Teal sent me out the right way. 
It was no way my final football game was going to be about Jerry. It was going to be about T.O. <laughs> I think T.O. had over 20 catches. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, Steve Mariucci said something about, I didn't realize he had so many catches. And I looked at Mucci and I said, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Jerry, how many catches did you have that day? I I think I might have had maybe one or two, and that was it. No, you had you had more than that. No, hey. I don't even I don't even all I remember was Teal, 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 Teal. <laughs> hey, but what? Hey, but we was watching so, TV that I was watching TV, Matt. Uh Hatch, I was watching I was watching TV on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch anything. Hey, what was so funny uh, about that game? Not really funny, but the thing is, everybody knew that this was going to be Jerry's last game. So we made a concerted effort. I think the whole organization, especially the team, we knew that we wanted what Jerry would have wanted. And that was to be sent out on the right way. And okay. trust me, we, we put everything, you know, uh, in our practice, Hey, everything was catered to Jerry in order for him to in order for him to really to go out and be successful that day. But guess what? We weren't the only ones that were preparing for that game. I needed my popcorn, T.O. My popcorn, I was watching on the field. <laughs> hey, but the thing is, it, the defensive secondary of the Chicago Bears, dude, they were double teaming it. They were trying to rough housing. They were, I mean, we all remember JJJR, we almost got in a little spat that day because they were trying to yeah. give you a little extra, little extra here and there. Wow. And then it got to the point, man, just like, man, you know. Really, we had to give credit to, to to Jeff Garcia because I mean he could have easily tried to force the ball to you, and then I think he just basically saw you know just took what the defense gave him, and like I said, I was either second or third in the progressions, and I just ended up catching a, a number of balls, but I didn't really second know that I had third. Third. <laughs> third. No, you were second. <laughs> I was third. Hey, I was for hey, sure third. It just, it, it just happened like that. Oh. Hey, 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 that was a great day, though, man. And it, it was yeah. uh, an honor for me to give you that game ball, though. That's all awesome, knowing to see that happen and stuff like that because it was all about passing that torch on. And That's I learned exactly. from the best with Dwight Clark and watching Montana, uh, Freddie Solomon, and all that guy, those guys. So it was a great day for you, T.O. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I was there to witness that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, what, how do you how do you feel like nowadays when again you hear the Brett Favre story when he was like when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, Brett was like, "It's not my job to get him ready," but you speak so highly of getting somebody ready coming in under you, like that's you know more respect for you. But how does that make you feel when you hear other players like that speak out nowadays? Yeah, because I think it's going to make your team better. Absolutely. I mean, because if you work with these guys and. And you passing that knowledge on, these guys are going to go out and they're going to excel on the football field. Uh, football is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And if we work together, we have a chance. And and this reminds me of a movie, uh, you know, The Gladiator, you know, with Russell Crowe and stuff like that. You know, he said something about, 
uh, they they were in this arena, and he said, "Whatever comes through these gates, we have a chance if we stick together." Yeah. So that was important for us to do that uh, to pass that knowledge on, and, uh, and and those guys, you know, they were able to excel and uh, and really play the game at a very high level and uh, and have success on the football field. Yeah, that's awesome, man. JJ, like, what did you what did you learn from watching that? You know, that happened in real time through that process. You know, it, it was it was amazing to me to get out there and watch it. And my first year, I was you're just absorbing everything. But what you really get a chance to see is when we would go out for walkthrough and when we would go out for practice. Jerry was out there, and he was either working on his get offs because Jerry would, if the ball moves just a smidgen. He was already off and it looked like he would be off size. And we'd be like, Jerry. And he'd like, nope, look at the ball. We'd slow it down and the ball moving, he would be off, right? (laughs) So you look at, I used to look at that all the time. How in the heck does he get off so fast? He'd have a half a step to a step on us already. And I used to look at that. But he would be out there working and you would see them working on that type of stuff, catching the ball, catching. He would make our trainer, who was a left-handed thrower, be out there throwing to him before practice start while he run his route. So... It's yeah. it's not a matter of you can I do it? you you better do it I mean you had to go out there and, and work and so to set that example for the young guys coming in seeing you could see uh, his work ethic and then you could see him working on his footwork how he caught the ball and what positions he caught the ball I mean it was a daily thing you got a chance to see uh, so for me coming in as a first year guy it it was just like man I I got I got to put in some work and so. That was the example that was set as soon as you get there. And Tio can attest to that. He saw Jerry, too. I mean, it was just it's just something you, you, you had to do. Yeah, I think what J.J. is really kind of really trying to button down or pin down with Jerry as far as uh, what we all kind of got from him. And I think it was his attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, as J.J. was saying, there was something about every part or phase of a game that he worked on daily, it was always something different. Mm. And so for me, it was always, it was different and it was new. So as JJ said, like it was something that he was working on. If it, if it was just his hand placement on catching an out route, that's what he worked on. Um, mm. I think the, the, the most craziest thing and, and interesting, the interesting thing is, is, uh, is the get off is when the ball is hyped. Like, we would we would be in amazement. We would be going through our offense, and then we'd be running the tape, and it looked like Jerry is offside. He's the first one move. It's like he moves before the ball is moved, and so we're so our coach would literally just rewind the tape. We're like, man, he's offside. Everybody would kind of bet, y'all, he's offside. He would never be offside. Soon as that ball moved up, moved a half a millimeter, he's already he's already gone. And yeah. that was one of the things yeah. too, that I yep. wanted to work on. That's that's one of the things that I tried to work on too. I could never get it in sync and mm-hmm. on time like Jerry could. And that was like one of the edges to his game that nobody yeah. could really catch on to. And I think yeah. even, even today that there is so much about his game that people marvel at. They haven't, until this show right here, until they hear it from us, they're, they've never even thought about, thought about the fact that he yeah. got off the ball so quickly and got into his and got into his route. Hey guys, I really had to alert the officials before the game. I <laughs> yeah. told them, I said, look, 
I come off the ball faster than uh, any of the guys. Mm-hmm. The second the ball moves, I'm gone. And I'm going to try to one-up you guys right now. All right? Of course. I got to get something out of this. Okay? Oh, sure. I'll wait for this. All right. Okay. Have you guys, okay, I think I might be the only receiver that have thrown a touchdown on a reverse play. Okay. Hey, yeah, hey, I, Jesse, I, you remember I, that I, one? Yes, hey, I sure I, do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I sure hey, do. Hey, check this out. I was supposed to throw out. I, I had the reverse pass in. It was the Washington Redskins game. I was supposed to throw a route to, to JJ, and for whatever reason, they doubled him or whatever. He got covered, and I ended up having a reverse field, and I ended up scoring. Yeah, I remember oh, that. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, oh, oh yeah, I, can I remember see that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. But T.O., I said throw. Through, yeah, I, Gerald, throw, I know. Yeah. I know. Throw. I was trying to. I was trying to one up you. I was trying to take a little bit. Of <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to you take a little bit. You improvised, T.O. You improvised. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So here's what feeling. So you know, out of I'd say 99.9 percent of everyone in the world thinks you're the greatest receiver ever to play the game, Jr. Right. Give us what do you think your weakness was, though, that people don't know, right? You worked on all your weaknesses, but if there was one thing that you was like, I want to get better at that, what was that one thing when you left your career? You know, man, I, I think I, I worked on everything every day. Yep. I, I mean, I, I can't just really just point out one thing in particular. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I don't think I was the the biggest. I was the fastest, but I was going to make up for that. Uh, you know, coming off the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, making the defensive back turn his hips. That was the most important thing for me. If I if if I made him turn his hips, I felt like I had it. Mm-hmm. So bringing that cushion as quickly as possible. So those were some of the things that I always worked on. Right. And uh, you know, bump and run, learning how to defeat bump and run. Uh, you know, and just uh, working on that route tree. So I wouldn't say I was the best, but I think I worked so hard that uh, that no one could look at on film and say, hey, look, he has weakness, uh, you know, in this route or, or whatever. You know, I, I think I just, uh, just outworked everybody. And that was it. I remember playing, I remember like working out in my off season. I was like, when I would run like on digs and slants, when I would run from my right to my left, for some reason, it was, I had to catch the ball past my eyes. Like, you know, I had to let it pass my eyes and then would catch it with my pinkies. It was just so hard for me to do this going from my right to my left. And I worked on that throughout my whole career. And I never got to the point where I felt comfortable Running from my right to my left and, and putting my hands in front of my eyes. Well, you know that's the wrong uh, technique of catching the football, right? First of all, I'm glad <laughs> you said well, that. I'm glad you said that, J.R. Wait, 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 wait what's the wrong technique? Habits, man. What's like the wrong this? technique? No, come on now. Are you serious? You used to catch the ball like that? You mean like with your like this? Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, I'm nah, like, if, the like ball, if the ball is coming yes. to your right, you're supposed to extend your arms, right? This is what people do. They extend their arms out. And then some people say catching it past your eyes is the wrong way. 
and I get it. I've seen I've seen you catch it past your eyes. I've seen th- thousands of receivers catch it past their eyes. Yeah. But again, you're supposed to catch it before it gets to you. Supposedly, oh, if oh, you okay, all right. <laughs> well, for, I think yeah. To, 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 you know what? Can you know I chime in here real quick? Because this is this is and this is what I got from from you guys. Uh, when we catch the ball, when you catch the ball, like we were, like we all, me, T-O-J-R, catch yep. the ball. You have your, you can have your eyes and your hands and the ball all in the same picture frame. So you're yes, going right. to catch the ball. That, I mean, right. that's, that's the way it was taught to me through right. you guys. And so right. that's the way I learned. And I'm like, it makes so much sense because what happens is when your eyes and your hands are not in the same frame, you have that drop and it's an occasional drop, but it's, it may be a crucial drop. So when your hands, eyes, and the ball's all in the same frame, it's, it's a grab. But and JJ, you hit it right on the nose. Hey, JJ hit it right on the nose because the thing too, if you bobble the ball, you have a second chance of catching the ball. Second chance yeah. again, right? Versus, versus. Your way, you don't have a second chance. Okay. <laughs> but if you if you watch any any receiver right now, if you watch oh. them on a slant or a dig, their arms are in front of their eyes. Right there, it's there. It's the pictures, the diamond, whatever they've been taught, the thumbs together, whatever they've been taught. Yep. That's how they've been taught, and they and they tell those kids and these NFL players now that if it goes past your eyes, then that's a bad habit. As you know, over time, you work on every single hand positioning for every single ball. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think a lot of what you're talking about too is ball placement too. Yeah. It all, yeah. it all boils down to ball placement. And yeah. then it's so funny that Jr. mentioned that uh, and JJ mentioned that about the ball and, and, and your eyes and your hand being in the same frame. When I went to when I got to Dallas, dude, I almost I almost had to curse Bill Parcells out because he tried to t- he tried to change my my catching techniques yeah. uh, in which you're trying to describe. He was like, yo, you need to catch the ball. I'm like, dude, th- at this point, this is my 10th year in the league. I said, yeah. I've, I've learned from the best in the game. And this is how we were. I was taught to catch the ball, yeah. and I was like, now all of a sudden, you trying to change my 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 catch techniques? It's and because he tries to say, oh, got well. the ball. That's why. Right, and then he goes, oh, well, uh, we taught Keyshawn him like that. First of all, I, Keyshawn, at this point, I'm, I'm feeling myself. <laughs> Keyshawn ain't even on my level. At this point in time in my career, I'm like, yo, you can't tell me nothing about Keyshawn, so Keyshawn ain't even on my level at this point. So I got, I, I, I you bro, I got upset. And dog, immediately I got upset because he tried to change my my catch techniques, and I'm like, "Yo, this is like it, it, it frustrated me too, man." Because at that point in time, I tried to appease him, and then I'm like, "Okay," and I tried to make a couple catches, and I just was uncomfortable. Yeah. So I just went back to what I knew, and at this point, however many catches that I had, I went with what was comfortable with me uh, for me. I went with how I was taught from from day one, stepping in, yeah. like Jr. said, stepping through those gates. Of, of of trying to win a championship and I learned from, from Jerry Rice. I was learning from JJ Stokes. And these are again, yeah. this is how I was taught. Well, this is how I was being taught to be a receiver. And then all of a sudden, I think honestly, I think he was trying to play some mind trick, some mind Jedi game with me or whatever, trying to <laughs> change some stuff. But I was too. He had me so hot, dude. The fact that he was like, oh well, you know, Keyshawn does it. What? Man, get out of here with all that. <laughs> hey, but T.O., you were the man, man. Hey, when you went to Dallas, you became the man. 
Well, when you went like to I Philly, said, you be, when you went to Philly, you became the man. You know what I'm but saying? Again, he was a rock but, star in Philly. He became a but, rock but, star when he went. Right, to but 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 part of the reason why we're all on here today is because Jr. You paved the way. That and I'm saying that that's for everybody on here, even. Even Hatch. I mean, even yep. he ain't on our level, but wow. you paved the way for him. <laughs> you, hey, you paved the way for him too. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, mean I, I guarantee you, when we get off this, he's gonna be on cloud nine because he's gonna say, "Man, look, I was on, I was on this thing with greatness. Oh, like, God. I was on the screen with three great Jones, receivers, Jones, baby." Right. And again, and, and again, that's that personally. That's why I think you guys are the number two. That's okay, oh, man. Oh, it's fine. But again, learning and going through my career, again, coming out of college, Jerry was it. Because again, small black college, I'm like, I can I can do what Jerry do. And then in 2001, when I went to the Raiders, for, um, and Jerry and Tim Brown were there. And that's when I got to see Jerry up close and see the everyday grind that Jerry was doing. I think in 2001, that was probably your 14th or what, 15th year by that time? Yeah, I was still was going like, strong. Still going right. Jerry, still still it, Jerry, what are you doing? Hey, <laughs> hey he going up. He hey, going I'm like up. A, I'm like a thief in the night, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jerry, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, going hey, that's that, that's that golf hey, tool. Hey, don't make me go get my rings now, okay? Oh, if I had my rings, man. I would throw them right in front of you right now. Right. Oh, oh, you talking about? Oh, you talking to uh, Hatch right now? Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I ain't got no rings. I ain't got no rings. Hey, like, no. hey he, you know, he, you know, he's throwing that out there that we're number two instead of number one. You know, no, I, I don't. Honestly, Jr., I don't know what happened. I mean, honestly, I we would have to just basically just just tip it off to be it being some CTE or something, dog. That's what hey, it Phil. has to be. Hey, Phil. hey Phil, let's forget him. The only reason why I'm on this show is because of you and J.J. Stokes. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I don't even see this other person. You know, oh. Right, right. <laughs> I ain't going to be able to live that one down. All right, man. You know? <laughs> hey, Jared. So, yeah, so I know we started out um, – you know the the show, and we were trying to get a, uh, familiarized with one another. But I, I I had a I had a question too. Obviously, like Jerry, you you kind of alluded to it uh, when you talked about Solomon and all these other guys that pushed you, and yeah. they kind of knew that you know when you came in that you were sort of like you you were going to be the guy. What was uh for me and JJ? What was sort of like the first impressions that you got uh, from both of us, and 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 from your experience and time with us? Is there one play or one thing that you saw in us? You're like, okay, uh, it's sort of like that aha moment. Like, okay, this guy got it. He's gonna be. He's gonna be this. He's gonna be that. You, you know, I think the thing is, it's like when you guys came in, and I could tell you wanted to learn. You know, you were quiet. Uh, both you guys were playing, really paying attention to detail, uh, the little things, and it was gonna, you know, make you guys so much better. So I, you know, I. I noticed that first, but then the size of you guys, how you able to, you know, defeat bump and run, you know, get out of your routes, you know, uh, you know, catch the football, attack the football at its highest point. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, for, for you, Terrell, man, I had never seen a guy your size so fast. Hmm. The physicality off the line. 
you know, you could be physical off the line, but then you could be uh, very elusive too uh, and not let the defensive back uh, get his hands on you and stuff like that. J.J. the same way, you know, his technique, lowering his body, you know, coming out of his routes, uh, you know, running that comeback, you know, and dropping his hips and and, mm -hmm. and just, you know, making the catch. So I knew that you guys, you guys were hungry. And I, I knew I knew that you guys wanted to really become starters. So I knew this clock was ticking for me, but I, I knew it was going to make uh, football better for the San Francisco 49ers. And it's a tradition thing, passing that knowledge on. And I, and I knew that you guys, you know, after I walked away from the game or if I went somewhere else, that you were going to be able to represent uh, the 49ers the right way. Bottom line. Nice. Yeah. Like speaking of the 49ers, are you like I said, do you watch them now? Or are you yeah. like so you you know the whole roster and like you know where do you think they're headed for like next year, the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I think T.O., uh JJ, uh, I think we should come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you saying I they need receiver help? <laughs> guys, I'm gonna tell you, you know, with with, with today's football, I mean yeah. the ball being in the air the majority of the time. Every play. Uh, how players are protected now and all that stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, but, yeah. you know, watching uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Kittle, all of that, then I think we just got Brandon Ayu. Yeah. I think Ayu, yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing his name the right way. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the young rookie is going to come in. He's going to play well. Uh, very physical off the line of scrimmage. Can make any catch. Can stretch the field. The only thing that I want to see more in him is him, for him to use his hands more. Mm. He has the tendency to let the ball get into his body. And also he has problems with a little bit of bump and run. But, uh, you know, I, I think I, I still watch it. I still support it. But it's a whole different ball game now. Yeah. Mm. You go to the games, JR, JJ? You know, I made a couple this year. Um I, I always make a one or two during the course of a season. I like to sit on my couch and watch the game and, and, and I record every game. So I, I, I kind of watch back just to look at the things that the receivers do and, and, and the schemes defenses run. I like to look at that stuff. So, yeah. so for me, I, I, I do watch and I, I look at the receivers and there's certain things that I notice. Uh, and same thing as uh, JR just mentioned, like when I see them running routes, there are a few guys that are like technicians when they run their routes, but a lot of guys, they speed cut everything. They're they're just trying to get out of it, and so um, I, I just I like to look at it just to see the differences. And I understand the game has changed with with the physicality and not being defenseless receiver and all that all that um, terminology. But yeah, uh, I watch the game. I watch it usually from from the house watching it. Right. Yeah, so, and I think when you talk about uh, a number of the receivers that are that are playing today, I mean, obviously, like I said the difference in the game versus now versus when we played is obviously, like I said, just they've taken a lot of hits uh, out of the game, a lot of the physical parts, especially when it, as it relates to uh, receivers. Um, and when you think about the receivers today, you know, who are you guys is probably like top two or three receivers um, that you feel like you, you feel like you, that I guess eerily kind of, I guess, are similar to our style uh, of play? And how do you feel that the guys you know, that are coming into the league now, how they will fare out uh, in the league, you know, coming obviously from, from college and then, you know, getting their getting themselves uh, ready for uh, the, the, the pro level? Yeah, you know, 
my my guy would be uh you know just like you guys uh you and JJ uh probably be Julio Jones yeah yeah I mean I mean I mean Julio Jones got it all man he yep. I know he's fast he's physical uh he can run every route you know he's explosive after catching the ball he can you know uh you know go 75 yards 80 yards or something like that after the catch and that's what, to be honest, you don't really see a lot of guys doing that now. You no. don't see a lot of guys taking the anywhere from the line of scrimmage to five yards, taking those routes and taking it to the house. Like you said, 60, 70, 85 yards oh. down the field. You don't really see that nowadays. And I think when you talk about the West Coast offense, which is where I was like where I was brought up, that was that was one of the staple things that they talked about is taking the short pass, taking it the long distance. Yeah, of course, everybody can run the deep routes, uh, the go routes. You can run the over routes and things of that nature. But that's what I think is missing and what separates our era of, of the game versus this era. And I'm sure, like JR said, there's some truth to what he's saying. I'm pretty sure we, if we were given a, an opportunity to play, we could play at this level. Could we play 60, 75, 80 snaps? Probably not. But we could be productive in this era of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys watch the draft at all for, like, this? Uh, the rookies coming out? I paid attention to it a little bit. Um, more so the the fact that they said there were so many receivers. I wanted to see how, how that played out. Uh, I was interested in that and also the quarterbacks because everybody has their opinion on on which quarterback was the best and, and, and who should do what. But, um, yeah, I always look at the quarterbacks and uh, and uh, and the receivers and other positions that that have somebody that stands out that I'm like, man, I want to see what he's going to turn out to. But most of the time right. I'm looking at the quarterbacks and receivers. Yeah, for me, receivers, you know, Jerry Judy, also C.D. Lamb, uh, Brandon, uh, I, you, I, I think the Niners traded down to the 25th spot to uh, to pick him. But it was so many receivers. But, uh, you know, I, I was pretty much impressed, too, with, uh, you know, uh, with the NFL, the draft, not having any problems and, and stuff yeah. like that. And, and it being on Zoom and everything went just, you know, uh, it was perfect. Well, you, yeah, you guys I, play. You guys play with Steve Young, so all three. Of you is two of the next Steve Young, in you guys' opinion. Well, let me let me chime in because I, I, I worked out with Tua his freshman year, like he was a true freshman. So I, uh, Alabama has this camp where they do every yeah in college every summer. So uh, my son and my two nephews were at that at that camp, and so I just went to the camp just to kind of just check out, check in on them. And so after the camp, I think it was a, the last day. So after the camp, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley was out there, dude, uh, Sims, um, Jerry Judy, I think he might have been like a sophomore or whatever at that time. These guys, they were like, man, it's like T.O., he's like, run some routes with us. And I'm like, tell them, like, I have no gear, I have no nothing. They're like, oh, we'll get you some shoes, we'll get you. So they literally got me all that I needed to, to go outside and, and run routes. And so before uh, Tua was even available, we they wanted to throw with, Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts was the quarterback at the, the starting quarterback at the time. So they couldn't find Jalen. So they was like, yo, they're like, we got Tua coming. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And then they was like, yo, they's like, he's like, they like, dog, he's the real deal. They like, he can probably start right now, but they like, they got, you know, Jalen's our starter. And I'm like, really? So they're like, all right, they just it's like, just wait till you see him. So I'm like, all right. So he comes out. He wasn't as tall as I thought it, you know, thought he was gonna be. Hawaiian kid, left-handed or whatever. So we're out there running routes. We was out there for like an hour and a half. 
guys, this is no lie. This dude was so impressive, dude. When I left there, I was like, oh, my gosh. This was him as a freshman. This was like three years ago. I was like, this dude. <laughs> I said, this dude, I said, honestly, I told um, one of their guys, I said, dude, this is crazy to me. I said, dude, this dude could probably play in the league right now with what I saw. This is no lie. JR, he hit every route. I'm talking about, when you're talking about, like I literally, when I was running my routes, I was envisioning and I saw Steve Young throwing the ball to me. The only pass that I corrected him on, and I, I, it wasn't an incompletion, it was the bang eight. When I came out of my bang eight, I saw him throw the ball, everything, and I ended up catching it so like on my hips. So when I came back to him, I said, Tua, I said, dude, I said, on this bang eight, I said, I don't know how, I don't know what your steps are, whatever the case may be. I said, I know we're running routes on air. I said, but I want you to get in the habit of when we run these routes, I want you to take like games, game drops, game steps. I want you to visualize the defense. I said, because when I'm running this bang eight, I said, it's, it's eight steps to it. I said, but on my fourth outside step, that ball should be out of your hand at least halfway to me. I shouldn't see the ball thrown. That was the only correction that I made with this young kid at that time. And when I saw – and when after that game, and obviously if you, you fast forward, he ended up coming in at halftime and winning the game when, uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when Jalen went out. I'm on, yeah. the sideline, I'm on the sideline of this championship game. I'm on the sideline talking to a guy. Jalen struggled. Everybody knows that. They were down 13 to zero. They go in at halftime. I had my boy call me on the sideline. I had a little friendly $200 bet with him. He said, yo. <laughs> he said, so he, he calls me. He, everybody sees when uh, when Alabama gets the ball, Tua goes into the game. The crowd starts like, like erupting. My phone rings. My boy said, oh, y'all definitely going to lose now. I'm like, why do you say that? He said, I said, dude, trust me. This game is about to change. He said, what? He said, better not 100. I said, okay, cool. Might I remind you now? Might I remind you? They're down 13 to zero at halftime, and I make this bet because I had seen him do what he did that summer. So I already knew what was about to happen and what the world is about to see once once these Miami Dolphins unveil and, and, and Tua gets fully healthy. They're going to see exactly what I'm talking about and what they saw that night on championship night when he came in 13-0 down and he ended up bringing them back to win the championship. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we get to – I mean, so Jerry's been a lot of our uh, our Nike Nike opening camps and stuff like that. So, like I said, we get to see a lot of these kids in high school. And there's a couple kids you see in high school that you're like, you know what? He's on his way. And Tua was one of those kids. Like, Tua was one. Of, like, when I saw him in high school, I'm like, this, go, this dude's going to be something special. And also, I had the opportunity, uh, the guy from uh, Clemson, the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor yeah, Lawrence. you know, uh, he was at a Nike camp, and I, I went into that camp. And I, I just went in to really just uh, meet the players and just talk to them. And I ended up uh, running routes on the football field. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, this guy – what he's doing at Clemson is really amazing. And, but, I, but, but I think these guys are getting coached a certain way now, you know, before they get to collegiate football, before they get to the NFL. Uh, and, and that way, once they come into the NFL, they can transition really fast. And, I, I, you know, I think, uh, Tui, I, I think him 
and the Miami Dolphins, I think he's going to be exceptional because to watch him throw that winning touchdown during that championship game, that was just that that was just unreal. Yeah, that just yeah. showed composure. That showed everything, and it showed the confidence in, in in himself. But you know, I think these guys are you know they have the opportunity now to really really. Uh, you know, take the game to a whole different level. They're prepared the right way. Uh, they're looking for the opportunity. And once they get it, they just take advantage of it. And you think about that, that the decision to, to bring to, uh, to bring Tua in at halftime, that says a lot about really what the world didn't know, but it, it, it says a lot about Nick Saban as a head coach to have the, just the balls at that point in time in the game to make that move when yeah. he's been riding Jalen Hurts for, for two years and he's been his starting quarterback, but he saw that Jalen was struggling. He knew at that time, if they had any chance to win that game being 13 uh, down 13 points, he had to make a decision to kind of put Tua in and order them for, to, to win the game. So that's, again, you think about the whole outcome, that's what really sticks out most to me is that Nick Saban was able to, to make that decision at that given time. And, 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 Terrell, and Terrell, we know once you make that decision, you can't go back. <laughs> can't no, go no. back. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just, like a, it's just like a route. Once you commit yourself, once you commit yourself, you better make it work. No going back. Okay. I, JR, I have a question for you, and I, um, we, I know we've mentioned Steve Young speaking on, on tour. What was the difference like? Because I, I never had the opportunity to play with Joe Montana. I only got a short stint with uh, with Steve Young. What was the difference in in those two uh, Hall of Fame caliber players that you end up playing with? Because, like I said, I, I wish I could have had the chance to catch a ball from Joe Montana. Um, just to play with the Hall of Famer and Steve Young, but that was like in the infancy stage uh, of my career. So I didn't really fully, I wasn't able to really become right. who I became, right. you know, like you had those two, uh, those guys, two of those well, guys. Well, I think with Steve, uh, Steve Young, he pretty much hurt my stats, man. I, I, I you know, if I had 22,895 yards. <laughs> I, I probably could have had around about 30,000. I probably could have had about, you know, 2,000 catches. Uh, yeah. I, I maybe about three or 400 touchdowns because you know, he was more of a running quarterback. He was hurting me big time. <laughs> hurting me big time. I'm, I'm like, okay. I hear this crowd start cheering. I'm thinking Steve, get ready to throw me the ball. Steve was running up my back. I'm like, killing me right now. What are you doing, Steve? What are you oh, doing to me? <laughs> you know, to have Montana, to have Montana, and I think, you know, Joe is like God, man. I mean, the chemistry that we had, what he brought to the game, if we had time on the clock, we knew that he could move the ball downfield and, and win that football game. Uh, now, you know, Joe is gone. I have to adapt to Steve. So now it's just getting out there, you know, working after practice, you know, getting used to that different spin on the ball because he's a lefty and stuff. So it took me a while to adjust. But then Steve, uh, you know, he became uh, a great pocket passer. He had the highest uh, passer rating uh, of a quarterback and stuff like that. We scored the most touchdowns together. So I was able to adapt to him. And we became a, a pretty good, uh, you know, uh, dynamic kind of, duo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 but he was hurting me. He was hurting me bad. 
<laughs> yeah, me, me and JJ were at the Jacksonville Jaguars together. We had uh, Mark Brunel, remember? Yeah, left handed. Did you did you have to get used to the way his ball spent different? You know what? It's funny because I, the fact that I had came from Steve, I was kind of used to uh, Brunel's tossing the rock. But um, the unfortunate thing, as you remember, is he got hurt. It was the second or third game, and they put Byron yeah. Leftwich in. Man, he left so man. we only got a short stint with him. Yeah. Yeah, Brunel was nice. Man. So yeah, man, I appreciate you guys coming on and get your, pop- hey, man. your podcast, man. Hey, t- I t- got t- my popcorn, baby. Let's go. Popcorn ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jerry Rice, JJ Stokes in the building, man. Hey, tell us about your goat fuel, Jr. Before we go, hey, man. What's up with this hey, man. We still the best tandem, the receiving core. Yeah, okay? I, I, again, <laughs> we <laughs> were the big three. The Jay, best. First of all, Hatch. You have to be honest with yourself. When they talk about the Vikings, if, if they say a big three, your name is not even coming up. I'm part your of the big four. Your name is not coming up. I'm part of the big four. All right, There man. is no such thing. There is no such thing. There is all no right. such thing. Hey, look. Hey, look. You guys are all ghosts, man. And, you know, with this uh, pandemic going on, uh, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, all of that, you know, the frontline people and stuff like that. The doctors, the nurses, all of that, they're goats. And uh, and that's really what I wanted this drink to be all about. And the thing is, is a healthier drink is 15 calories, zero sugar, 200 milligrams of caffeine. Mm-hmm. And what I did, we noticed that these goats in the Himalayas, man, they had all of this energy jumping around in that altitude and stuff like that. And they were eating these little things coming out of the ground. It was cordyceps mushrooms. So that is the thing that's going to separate us from the other drink. It's the cordyceps mushrooms. And, hey, it's all about goats, man. Goats. Where can we find it, JR? Where can we find it? You can go to goatfield.com. www.goatfield.com. Check it out. All right. There it is. We appreciate you guys. Much love, man. Good to see you guys again, okay? Thanks, too, man. Hey, we're gonna forget this old other guy. We're gonna forget this guy over here, okay? I appreciate the plug with goat fuel. I'm gonna get me some, but you can drink all the goat fuel you want, uh, Hatch, and it's not gonna help you at all. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some, some goat fuel mouthwash for you, T. Uh, <laughs> hey, much love, guys. <laughs> all right, brother. Uh, appreciate, right. appreciate you. Peace. Yeah, yeah. All right, brother. After all of that, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you agree with me that we were the number one wide receiver core of all time? No, it only just verifies um, and clarifies what I've said all the time, that there's no way that you guys were even considered a big three because you're not even in the equation. And as we introduced yeah. this thing, it was T.O., Jerry, and J.J. When you yeah. talk about the Vikings, there's no – where's – there's no hatch in the equation. I'm so, up in that piece. No, no. I mean, if you want – like I said, if you want to – if you want to create a new topic of the big four, then by all means, you're part so of the big four. We can be number one the big four? We number if, one? If that's what you want. <laughs> but there's no such thing. So like I said, when you talk about basketball – and that now they have this thing of the big three. That's mm-hmm. why we're having this discussion. So, yeah, we were the big three before there was ever big three. That's Jerry, JJ, and T.O. And we and, and like Jerry said, 
The numbers don't lie. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of three, then, okay, let's go to our three and out segment since we're thinking about three. And I'll, get, right. I'll let you go ahead and start it out then, man. Okay, yeah. So for everybody that's watching the three and out, it's kind of like after the show, we both kind of just gather information. and sort of like a summation of, of, of three things that stood out in the interview uh, of what we want to kind of like uh, get across to each other, like what stood out in our, in our mind and in the interview. And I think uh, for me, number one, uh, there's three of those things. So the first one would be out of all of us on the screen, mm-hmm. you, myself, Jerry and JJ, three of the four, we came from small schools. Yep. And so again, for a lot of parents and uncles and granddads and, and everybody that's watching, even kids that are watching, this is a sign and it started way back then, is that you don't necessarily have to go to a Division One school right. to make it to the professional ranks, uh, professional level uh, of sports. You know, ideally, yeah, if you have the skill set to play at a Division One, um, if you're fortunate enough to play at, a, at one of those powerhouse Pac-10 teams, um, um, uh, SEC, whatever the case may be, um, Big Ten, Big 12, then that's good. But a lot of kids, a lot of you kids out there, you're not going to be fortunate enough to, to go to one of those Division One schools. Um, as you see and have seen uh, and heard here today is that, you know, J.J. went to – he's out of all four of us, he's the only one that went to a Division One school. He went to uh, UCLA. Uh, mm-hmm. Myself, I went to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Uh, Jerry went to Mississippi Valley State. And you have Hatch here uh, who went to Langston University. So it shows you that you don't necessarily have to, to play at a top-notch school um, if you don't have – uh, the credentials um, to, to make it or potential to, to, to be there, you can always make it. Uh, my other thing is, is what we, what I just mentioned is that we are officially after this interview, we are officially the big three, whether wow. you want to admit it or not, like I said, <laughs> oh. and Jerry said it, I think that he, 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 he said a mouthful when he said numbers don't lie, when you tally up those numbers and you talk about and, and Jerry, he even he wanted to go to it. He wanted to stretch it a little further. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't want to yeah. really I didn't really <laughs> want him to go there. He yeah. said, do I got to do I got to go get those rings? <laughs> yeah. Rings. So, yeah. So if he, if he has to go get that <laughs> ring, those rings, that's going to tip the scale. So Already. those are my two. We're, we're, we're officially, it's an only right here today. We're the big three before there was ever a big three. No, it's, it's all good. But um, the, the third thing I th- uh, took out of um, the conversation that we just had is um, how these kids are prepared when they're getting to the NFL. Because like you say, even Jerry does our Nike stuff and Nike opening. Um, you, of course, you've come and worked with our kids at Loyola High School. And J.J. Stokes, of course, works with their ki- kids at Bishop O'Dowd. And again, when you're getting this coaching at 15, 16, 17 from NFL caliber players, and all of a sudden you take that throughout your college career and you're going into your rookie and your second, third year, you're, you're right. You're prepared because everything you've been being taught from your, your tours of the world and your Trevor Lawrence's of the world, like Jerry said, they've been getting NFL training, you know, and NFL uh, conversations and NFL offenses. Um, since they're 15, 16 years old. So now that they get to the league, they're not like, oh, I have to learn, you know, what it is to, you know, to read like an NFL quarterback or how to read safeties in the NFL. We've been teaching them this stuff, you know, because right. again, we're so, uh, you know, far into depth of what football is at an early age now. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot more younger kids become successful 
early in their careers. Cause you know how it was back in the day. Like I'm going to not be a starter till my third, fourth, fifth year sometimes. And those are first round picks. And now your first round pick, second, third round picks, you could be on the field week one. And it's, it's not going to be a shocker from that fan base to see some of those players um, play early. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. And I think ideally, if you want to, I guess, put a title on these kids, it's, it's, it's having these kids go into, uh, you know, coming out of college being pro ready, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Um, you know, um, they're not all the way pro ready, but they have the basis um, and the information and the direction in, in, in which, you know, they're to be, if they're going to be professionals and if they're going to be on that level or perform at the level of pros already, then we've already kind of set that foundation um, for them to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the reunion. We had the 49ers wide receiver core with T.O., J.J. Stokes, and the legend, Jerry Rice. Bless the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. Yeah, appreciate you guys, man.